Welcome to Backyard Beer and Debates. Today we will be talking about um, just general health. Like which is better, beer or weed or both? <laughs> <laughs> well, that depends. Does beer have any health benefits? Because it does. There's some heart health benefits to beer. But you're only supposed to have two, so most of us don't stay within that range. But yeah, there's tests and there's been research. and Two beers a day is supposed to be heart healthy. The doctors will tell your patients, oh yeah, it's okay if you have two beers. Like anybody ever goes home and says, well, doc says I can have two beers, and then they just stick with two beers. <laughs> they have three beers, four beers, like, well, more must be better then, right? Yeah, more or what is it? It's more is better or something like that. <laughs> In this case, less is more. Now we got all this marijuana, all this legal marijuana, with pot stores about every five kilometers. They're getting as common as liquor stores are now. There's a liquor store in every corner. Soon there's going to be a cannabis store in every corner. And back in the day, I smoked a lot, and. My whole life, I'd tell you that it's not addicting. But if it's not addicting, then it's definitely habit for me. I wouldn't admit to it either for most of my life. But then when you realize that uh, you almost get nervous when your bag of weed gets down to the, the nitty-gritty. Yeah, if you don't think it's a, it's addictive, why does your anxiety go up? Why does your nervousy go up? And even in some cases, depression can go up when you... You start to realize you're running you're running low on weed. And then when you run out of weed, you're grumpy. Yeah. If it can if it affects who you are based on how much is in your system, you it may not be an addiction, but it is the start of an addiction. If people say it's not an addiction, I want to see them quit for two or three months uh, just for the hell of it. I mean I can quit burgers. I can quit drinking, even coffee. Coffee's uh, addictive too, but if I decide to quit drinking coffee, then it's no problem. I just quit drinking coffee. But weed, I miss weed when you don't have it. And now that there's pot stores everywhere, we're going to find out in the next four or five years how much of an increase in people that have, uh, you know, episodes of being grumpy and miserable and unless they're high. But there'll be times you got to go to work and you can't be high. And then you'll be looking forward to being back home so you could smoke some weed. It's it's a lot like alcohol in that sense that it uh, when you go home, either you're popping a top off a cold one or you're lighting up. <laughs> yep. I think weed is going to be, is going to have a lot of similarities to alcohol. And I think the only real difference is that you're going to either be drinking it or smoking it. Well, alcohol destroys a lot of your organs. Marijuana is pretty safe. There's there's not a whole lot wrong with marijuana. Yeah, if you had to and choose... It, it definitely has its benefits. There's benefits to marijuana, and there's like small benefits to drinking alcohol. But uh, the benefits of marijuana are quite a bit, especially the CBD. But you can't say that you don't enjoy it to the point where you never want to be out. 
You can't like, well, I'll buy a bag of weed next week. I'll get around to the store whenever. Yeah, it's not like, you know, some people, uh, they have a list. And on that list, they have a list of priorities. And weed is on there as a priority. <laughs> yep. Which means, you, may, you again, you, it doesn't mean you're addicted, but it does mean that you've built up a dependency that you need it. So it's the start of an addiction. I've got a funny story because when I was younger, my teenage years, a friend of mine had a couple old chickens, like frozen chickens in the bottom of the freezer. And they were pretty well freezer burnt. And he didn't want them. But we knew some people that didn't have any groceries, but they had some weed. And they used to deal. So they gave us like two or three joints for a chicken. <laughs> so we traded... Freezer burnt chicken. Freezer burnt chicken for a couple doobies. And we were happy and they were happy. And and it was funny because we still think about that today. Trading chickens for doobies. Yeah, it's just... And we're pretty happy to get it too. And then my buddies would get all mad because I'd take the doobie and I'd twist the end up and shake it down to one end. So now we only have a half a doobie. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, why do you do that? It's like, I hate it when you do that. Now it looks like we got less. It's like it's the same amount. <laughs> it looks like. Keyword there looks like. Yeah, no, um, I I was uh I started smoking weed when it just became when it just before it became legal. I uh maybe about two months before it became legal, I started smoking marijuana. And <laughs> Some people don't even really like it, though, eh? Yeah, no, like, I do don't like. I well, I I enjoy it, but it's not something I want to do every day. Well, it changes as you get older too. Like I'm older now, and uh, when I get high, I it's so much different than when it was when I was younger. Now I can't get anything done, and I just get tired. I still enjoy it. I like to watch a movie, and I use it at the end of the day. It makes me sleep great relaxes me yeah that's what i used to use it for was sleep but even at, but the more i used it the less it helped me sleep and the more it actually uh impeded my sleep yeah once your body starts to become accustomed to it then it it loses that so i i can't even smoke it before i go to bed anymore so i don't really smoke it at all anymore and this is our first podcast so we make mistakes. I guess people will just accept those mistakes. Well, there's no point in living if you can't laugh at yourself. Sit here drinking beer, smoking weed, talking on the podcast. I don't know if we're supposed to give them our names or not. Hmm. Call me Billy Bob Jr. New Junior Billy Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... If I had to choose, I've never, I don't drink, uh, besides like a shot here and there just because it was there, but I don't drink like recreationally or anything. Um, and I barely do, I barely smoke marijuana if ever anymore, but yeah, if I had to do well, one, then you got to get off this podcast, <laughs> come on, get out of my yard. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we better sit here and just smoke one right now. Here, I've got some oil droplets. 
never tried them before. But they're uh, equal amounts of THC and CBD. What's the percentage on there, eh? It's 15%. It's not much. But when it comes to... I'm just using it for medical purposes. Air quotes, medical purposes. Well, <laughs> I've got some gut issues going on. And there's enough cannabinoids in the stomach that it might actually help. Because you, you do have natural cannabinoids. I'm saying that wrong. Cabin, cabinoids? I think it's cabinoids. Gotta go back to Sesame Street. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, I'm hoping it helps because the doctors are at a loss. They don't know what to do. They talk a lot about weed on Sesame Street. <laughs> One joint. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> That's a big bird. <laughs> that scares me, that big bird. Oscar the Grouch was just a bunch of buds Oscar the Grouch ran out of weed is what happened to Oscar the Grouch <laughs> yeah. then he got depressed and just crawled into a can <laughs> just stayed there <laughs> but That's yes funny. it's it's nice to sit in the backyard and drink beers with your buds have some hoots barbecue some meat yeah there's nothing wrong with uh drinking and uh smoking weed but the moderation is something that needs to be taken into consideration because I know a lot of people will go out and get absolutely shit faced. And whenever I'm around those people, I don't have a good time because now you're no longer partying. You're now babysitting those people. Yeah. That's why I can't be around people that are drinking unless I'm drinking. And I like drinking too. I mean, I don't do it a lot anymore, but it makes me relax and I just, like it. it it feels good it relaxes me and as long as i don't drink too much i never end up with a hangover yeah also these uh these things uh like weed for example and alcohol to a certain extent will affect things like your cardiovascular health it will make it harder to run harder to breathe harder to get air in and out yeah it does raise the heart rate shortly after you get buzzed uh, tell them about the importance of exercise like running and like mm -hmm. yes definitely exercise is uh a stress reliever. A lot of people nowadays have anxiety and depression, and and then they don't really do anything about it. They run to the doctors, and they want the doctor to give them a happy pill, and instead of trying to address the problem themselves. Yeah, and exercise. Oh. oh, I'm just gonna say, I can guarantee anybody, anybody, goes for a walk. You're not gonna want to do it, but about 15 minutes later, you're gonna be glad you did, and when you get back home, you're gonna feel way less stress. Walking is probably the best exercise. You don't have to hurt yourself doing it. You don't have to run. It's just a nice low impact and it has pretty well the same benefits. Scientists are now, or whatever you want to call them, people that are into the whole fitness thing are now realizing that you get pretty well as much uh, benefits Do from walking as you do from running. Yeah, dopamine and serotonin from exercise. It is impossible not to get addicted to something in your life. But you got to make the decision if that's going to be a good addiction or a bad addiction. I was addicted to working out, hiking and biking. I loved it. If I had an extra 45 minutes, I would quickly get on my bike. And I would ride out to the trails and I could be back. And it was a 16-kilometer ride. Take me 45 minutes. And if we were going to go somewhere, they'd be like, well, do we have an extra hour? It's like, oh, yeah, we're not leaving until, you know, whatever time. And I was like, okay, that gives me enough time. I'd jump on my bike. I'd ride out to the Greenway and... And then I'd come back, and it was 16 kilometers, 45 minutes, and I I felt great. Back then, I was in such good shape. I felt really, really good. 
I didn't have to stop. I could get up a steep hill, and if I couldn't pedal it, I'd grab my bike, throw it over my shoulder, and run up that hill to the top, put my bike back down, get back on, go. I love that feeling. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, at first, even the first, like, two weeks, it might be really hard to find the motivation, get up and go. But at the end of those two weeks, it takes about two weeks to build up a habit. It's uh, 21 days if you want to do a subliminal message that you need to get buried into your brain. And you can do that through sleep. If you fall asleep to some of these YouTube videos that have uh, sleep hypnosis and relaxation videos, that your, your subconscious always stays alert even when you're sleeping. So if you want to change it, listen to the same thing for 21 days. 21 days seems to be the magic number. But anything over that would probably be a bonus. And that changes the way you think and the way you act and how you feel. And it doesn't cost anything. You don't even have to sit there and meditate and listen. You can just go to bed and listen to it as you fall asleep. Yeah, even if you uh, have something as simple as a recording saying, I need to exercise, and you play that on a loop overnight, mm -hmm. and you fall asleep to that, you will feel the need to exercise. I used to go hiking, and then I'd go find some nice place. I was sitting up on a big rock bluff, looking down like 200 feet into the woods and forest and I'd light a doobie. I'd get high there and just enjoy the the nature of it. I could hear the birds and fresh air and there's nobody around for miles. And then I have a few puffs and and then it was like, oh now I gotta walk all the way back. <laughs> yeah, I could never do that. I'd be like I'd sleep I'd i would sleep right here on the rock bluff. I get lazy now. I don't want to go home. I would not advise smoking weed if you're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, especially if you end up being a little panicky. Sometimes yeah. people smoke it and then they'll get uh, they'll get panicked. They'll get anxiety over it. And that's not something you want when you're five or ten miles into the bush and nobody's around. Yeah. It's I felt a... that a little bit when I did smoke it. And I'd be relaxed until I was ready to go and then I'd start thinking, oh, what if a bear comes out? Oh, what about a cougar? Yeah. Those animals you never see, but <laughs> as soon as you start having something else go on in your head, you're like, oh, but what if? <laughs> but I used to go and I'd see lots of bears. I never got high all the time when I went hiking, but I love nature and I'm kind of like a 21st century hippie. I like the natural ways of healing. I like the way the mind works and how it corrects things in the body and Anybody that thinks that the mind doesn't heal the body, the simple thing I tell them all the time is that if it didn't work, then why does placebo effects work when these scientists do studies on drugs? A certain percentage. It'll be uh, 100 people will do the drug, 100 people will get a sugar pill, and about 30 or 40 of those people that took just the sugar pill thought it was working, thought it was the real pill, and they had the same results as the people that took the real drug or even higher results yeah once in a while i I've, I've read that but it is uh the mind can heal the body and it can make you feel good and the exercise makes you feel good smoking a little weed once in a while but don't get crazy and start getting hooked because next thing you know you're smoking an eighth a day and you're just barely getting high anymore and even a uh even a uh even drinking you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with going to a party twice a month or something. There's, yeah. I know people that have partied. And I know some people that drink pretty well every day, but it's only, uh, you know, 
six pack a day, five beer a day. And they uh, don't really get hangovers anymore. Because then when we do party, my buddy there, he's up and out the door and he's at a restaurant or a pub having dinner. He's having a drink and he's feeling good. And I'm just hungover because I only drink once every couple weeks. But because he drinks it all the time, he's like, oh, it feels pretty good. <laughs> but he's become more immune to it than, than I have. Yeah. And that's what happens. Same with marijuana. Alcohol, you you can your body becomes accustomed to it. And marijuana is the same way. When I had a lot of marijuana, I grew some at one point. And uh, I got to a point where I couldn't even get high. I could smoke a whole joint. And then I'd be thinking about maybe lighting another one because I didn't barely get anything. And at that point, nice thing about these stores now is that because once you get used to a certain strain, you become accustomed to it and your body adapts to it, and then you don't really get high anymore. But now with these stores, you can change your... your... Yeah, now there's a thousand different types. Yeah, and... and that's what you'd have to do back in the day before they had these stores. You'd have to go to uh, your dealer, and he'd always have the same stuff, or if you're lucky enough, he'd buy it from somebody else, and he'd have different strains once in a while. But then if he didn't, you'd want to go to a different dealer and get something else because the weed he had doesn't get you high anymore. And don't worry, we'll do more episodes that are based solely around weed. <laughs> I'm just spreading it out, the health and the weed and the benefits of it all. And yeah. Like I said, it's our first podcast, so yeah, we're doing what we can. Hopefully people listen. We want to thank everybody for listening. If you live close enough, come on over. We're sitting in the backyard drinking beers. You'll hear us talking. Just follow our voices. Put the location on your phone and just <laughs> have a whole bunch of strangers come over. And I just bought some droplets that uh, I've never used before. Yeah, I do understand that. So you can come over and, and we'll all try some of these uh, THC. There's uh, 15 milligrams of THC, 15 milligrams of CBD. And that's not a whole lot, but for somebody that's just looking to relax at night. And because I barely smoke it anymore, that'll probably affect me. Yeah, and I understand that a lot of addictions are also, uh, there is a factor of the environment that someone is in that causes addiction. Yeah, some people actually are genetically prone to be addicted. Like our family don't uh, really have addiction qualities. Then other people, like I've, I've watched my dad, but he was my stepdad. And he was addicted to alcohol. He quit for five years. He went to AA meetings and he, he quit and he was doing good. And for five years, he ended up buying two houses. He bought a brand new truck. He had money and he was doing good. Then he fell off the wagon, lost his house, ended up losing the other house, ended up losing his truck. He lost everything. But he had addictive qualities. And some people just have those addictive qualities. They get addicted to everything. I have not done enough research or uh, know enough about the subject of genetic addiction to say anything about it at this point. Uh, right now, I think it's... I don't think we have enough data to conclusively prove that it's an, it's a genetic thing. Um, but okay. like I said, I have not done enough research and I have not done... I do not know enough about it to make any big assumptions yet. But if you were to look it up, it, it's been studied. There are genes, right? There's like different genes for different people and your DNA structure and all that scientific talk. And 
And definitely some people are, like, some people can get addicted to everything. They get addicted to their phones. They get addicted to their coffee. They get addicted to beer, weed, television, you name it. Everybody can get addicted to things, including me. I mean, I think we're all addicted to our phones. That can be another subject another time, but they're terrible. Everybody's on their yeah. phones, and we and appreciate even... that you're listening to us on your phone, probably. But <laughs> yeah, but that's the new world. Oh, we got to talk about technology one of these times. Oh, we will. We got we guys. We have a whole list of things here, and we're struggling to keep it in the health section because that's what we decided to talk yeah, about today. We want to spread out and just start talking about other things. That's how. That's see, here we go again. That's how conversations evolve. Is that you talk about one thing, and you could be talking about cats one time, and then you'll be on about trucks two just hours a later. Quick little teaser about the technology as I was watching today, and. Uh, they got the phones so that they're designed, and China's going to lead the way in the future. They're not leading the way right now, but they soon will be. But the phones are going to put doctors out of business. I watched it, and they can tell just by the way you walk. It'll pick up your your, your walk. And oh, well, yeah, you, we'll have to talk about it. Yeah, yeah to tell you whether you're going to be having, um, what is it, not Alzheimer's, but... Uh, Dementia? Things like that. It's early detection. Things that the doctors can never really find. Huh. And blood pressure and your chances of, uh, you know, even x-rays. You'll be able to get an x-ray from your doctor and you'll take a picture of it and your phone will look at it and then the app will tell you what it's seeing and whether you have a risk of, like, if this dark spot is a tumor. Or if okay, a... save that for the... Yeah, I go on and on. But... You're, you're, you're giving a teaser and you're more or less giving a trailer. <laughs> oh, I got lots to talk about when it comes to that. Technology and health. But, uh, Hell yeah. Health, I, well, now we're, we're going to go back to health here, but I also kind of want to go on a tangent. Um, health and mental... Uh, health... When people say health is different from mental, it's not really... Because mental health should be included in physical health as well. Because although it's not you, it's not physically there. It is still very important, and it can cause physical harm. Yeah, you can manifest problems through uh, just thinking, just worrying, and stress. You you ask any doctor. I don't know if a doctor will tell you, but most problems will come from stress. Stress will cause inflammation within the body, and then that causes more worry and more stress, and then. You get more inflammation. and So the way you think and what you read and what you look at, you got to remember that when you're looking and you're hearing, your eyes see like a million bits of information. You can't recall all that because the brain shuts down a lot of that information. Otherwise, you'd go mad. You'd be crazy because you can't take in that much information. But uh, you pick it up, your, hear, your ears, and now on the Internet, you, of course, pick up everything, your phones, so your brain is being overloaded with information. And some people and thrive. That, that can cause problems when it comes to your your mental state of mind. And then, of course, you're going to feel the physical now. I hope that didn't sound like a fart. <laughs> That's the chair scraper across the <laughs> You better explain that to the people. <laughs> yeah, the um, but some people feed off uh, likes and, like, you know, the little reactions on Facebook and Instagram or whatever you might use. I only yep. use Facebook, but... Uh, Instagram, if people don't get enough likes, uh, sorry for the voice crack there, <laughs> uh, if people don't get enough uh, likes, they actually um, start to develop symptoms of depression. Yeah. 
Because they've now built, like this goes back to addiction, they've now built a dependency that they need to have people reacting to their posts. And if they don't, they feel like they're worthless and they don't... Yeah, they need the comments. They need the likes. They need all that kind of stuff. And it does. It affects you mentally. And then, of course, physically, will over time, will come along. Positive people definitely live longer. Being sociable is is an important thing. The only thing is that we don't be the we're not sociable. Sociable, we're you know internet sociable. Yeah, face to face sociable anymore. It is in human nature to want to receive, um, receive good, good um feedback from people. It's in human nature to want to be praised, want to feel like you know. We need it. Yeah, we need that acceptance from. But now phones have taken it from maybe 20 people being like, you know, good job, to now I need thousands, even millions of people to hit that little blue thumbs up and be like, I'm doing good. Well, I've seen women on Facebook change their profile picture like once a week or once every two weeks. And I'm pretty sure they're just wanting likes because it doesn't matter what you look like. People say you're beautiful. (laughs) They say you're gorgeous. Oh, look at you. Yeah, you ever and see- then they change it to another profile picture two weeks so they can get all that feedback again. And it's all the same feedback, they, the same thing every time. Again, it's that addiction. It's that it's that another bottle of beer. It's that another yeah. puff. It's exactly addiction. It's another hit. Mean. The only thing is, I think the phone and the internet and all that kind of stuff is uh, probably not much to do with genetics there. That is just a... You know, we need what the that, phone gives. And that, they, they know that we need what the phone gives. That's how they designed it. They, these social networks and TikTok and Facebook and, you know, all of that kind of thing. They know what keeps you on the phone. That's why they love it when your notifications go off. Because you can't help it. You're going to look. Doesn't matter yeah. what it is. Even if look. you don't have a notification, if someone plays a sound that is a notification, you will instinctively, some people, some people won't, but you will instinctively reach for your pocket, look to wherever your phone is, or look for your phone. Yep. And this is all part of that mental health, is that you now... You get anxious because you don't know where your phone is. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone, like, I know that this is a pretty common issue. You lose your phone, what's the first thing you do? You try to find it. Yeah. And if you can't find it, the more you look, the more anxious you get. And then you worry, and then your health declines, and then you think that if and if you're losing your phone like every week, you're going to worry to the point where you're going to start thinking you're depressed. You're going to get into these pills, and then the pills aren't going to do enough, so you're going to try more recreational drugs, and then, you know, and it just, it, it snowballs. Even from the smallest thing, a pebble rolls downhill, and it will collect snow, and it will turn into a snowball and by the time you get to the end you now have a mountain worth of problems and just because of a simple problem it snowballs then the doctors can even scientists they can even look into the future and already tell you how much depression anxiety issues are going to go on the rise heart disease all of these things they know it's going to be worse and worse and like i've suffered with the afib and I think AFib was something that you probably didn't hear of too much. But stress and anxiety is one of the reasons that AFib triggers. And it's because it really does have a physical effect on people. Matter of fact, it sounds weird, but I've been able to get rid of my AFib by drinking vodka. And the doctors would shoot me if they knew I was drinking vodka when I had AFib. 
but I could get it under control and I can get it to stop. And did you drink lots of vodka or just small amounts? I drank regularly, like a half a 26er. But you know, most people get... I would suffer the next day for it. Yeah. While I was drinking it, the AFib would leave me alone. But the next day it would come and hit me double as hard as, you know, it was... Yeah, and see, again, this is where you... It's the mind, right? When you're drinking, your mindset is in a different area. And it's, if you're drinking with friends, you're also a... You're in the here and now, like in a meditation thing, they always say you got to be, you know, aware of yourself and in the moment. And that's hard to do. So people will meditate and do that. But I, when you're drinking and partying with your friends, you are in the moment. You're not thinking about your problems from yesterday or your problems of tomorrow or next week. You're here right now. And that's a healthy thing. Alcohol has that benefit going for it as well. And it's always good to forget about your problems for a little bit, but not to let them get away from you for too long. No, don't use alcohol all the time just for the reason of, uh, because then it'll become, it will stop working basically. You start drinking too much and then next thing you know, you're drinking all by yourself. And that's not the same as being sociable. If you're drinking by yourself, you're more than likely thinking of problems and you're getting depressed and you're getting bummed out and you got some poor old sad country music playing soaking it all up yeah and that's another thing is that a lot of people um i talked to my girlfriend about this i um i asked her i was like why do you listen to sad music when you're sad and she's like well because it's relatable i don't think that it's because it's relatable i think it's because when you're sad, you will want to, th- you will, you will naturally, even if you're not thinking about it, you will thrive on more sadness. Some people thrive on sadness. Some, some people will thrive on others' pain when they're sad. That's why people bully other people. It's because in reality, those people are just sitting in the backyard, drinking some beers, watching the cat go crazy, chasing bugs. <laughs> it's been a long, hard winter. I don't know where the rest of you guys are living, but here in Canada, We're really, really glad to see summer creeping up. The cat's happy. I'm happy. That's another thing. Good weather, sunshine. Oh, my God. It makes you feel so much better than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weather. People crave weather. In winter, we sit in our houses, and basically what we do is we sit and we wait. (laughs) And what happens is that we see it's going to be plus four tomorrow. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Yeah. Get out of the shorts. We're going to the lake. Then you get that seasonal depression thing going on. and So just as you're feeling your lowest, the sun starts coming back around, the snow melts, you start feeling good, and you got to get outside, soak up that vitamin D that you get from the sun. And if you're not taking vitamin D supplements through the winter, I recommend you do, because you need it. Everybody's low on it, especially up here in the north. The sun doesn't shine bright enough or long enough because we're too far north. In the middle of summer, you probably get enough vitamin D. But throughout the summer or winter, definitely you need vitamin yeah, D. Yeah, and if you're a social recluse, yeah, and you spend most of your time inside, or you're like a truck driver or something, where you spend a lot of time out of the sun. Yep. Then you should be taking a supplement. All year round, yeah. And it don't hurt none. Pretty hard to hurt yourself with vitamin D. You can take um, 1,000 milligrams or 5,000 milligrams. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah, and it's not going to give you skin cancer like sitting out in the sun 24 hours a day for 5 years. Yeah. You're not going to you, I know I know some I know a lot of you aren't 
aren't that um how do I say this without being rude? Some of you are darker skin than us. No, no, it's not it's not skin color. It's uh Well it definitely has something to do with skin color when it comes to vitamin D. Oh yeah, yeah, you know it does. Because some people get way too much sun and other people can stand in it all day because of the color of their skin. Yeah, white people have a we will burn. Yep. Way before black people will. <laughs> I burnt today and I burnt the other day. Amazingly enough, I'll burn probably six more times this summer. <laughs> yeah. But I wish uh, I had some color to me. I, I would like to have a bit of a natural tan. Yeah, but but what I was saying was uh the um people would think, Oh, well if I get uh vitamin D from the sun get skin cancer, these supplements could cause skin cancer too, right? And I know most people aren't that mentally inept, I guess I'll say, without being rude. Um yeah, unless you're eating UV rays. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it. Well, well, we'll talk about cancers and what causes them in another episode, but, yeah. Well, should we close this one off pretty soon? Uh, yeah, I think uh, we're this is pretty good for our first one. Not bad. People get a what? About 20 minutes? Uh, it's that 33 minutes now. Holy moly. Yeah, when you talk, you just kind of keep talking. Yeah. Get going and blah, 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 blah. Hopefully it's interesting. I hope people find some... Good points to yeah. it, and maybe some information. We will have more cohesion in our future uh, mm. things. This was just our first podcast, so especially since we like to sit in the backyard and have beers and debates. Yes, it is. It's an enjoyable experience. It's that hit that we get. <laughs> All right, this is Tom signing off. And Cody, we will see you guys in the next, or I guess we won't see you, but we will talk to you guys in the next one.